0: Welcome to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mabel. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome back to my journey to the 2025 Arrowhead 135. Today I'm talking with my winter fat bike ultra mentor, Steve McGuire, whose fat bike and bike packing resume runs deep from the Iditarod Trail in Alaska, crisscrossing Iceland, and I did say Chris and cross once north to south and once east to west that's iceland (laughs) holy moly and with his multiple rides through the minnesota north woods at the arrowhead 135 honestly i couldn't really ask for a better guide and mentor steve just returned from the tuscobia 160 a 160 mile ride through northern wisconsin at the end of december And this year, there was no snow at the start. It was kind of weird. So it ended up being kind of a different day. So Steve suggested that we chat, and he is here to share the lessons he learned during his recent ride. Steve McGuire and the Tascobia 160. Hey, Steve. Good to see you again. Good to see you back in... um I don't know i was gonna say you know not the arctic but it wasn't really arctic yeah. i'm excited to hear about tuscobia and yeah. um continue this journey toward my arrowhead 2025 next year okay and tuscobia is a part of that process so yeah. uh, anyway welcome back to bike talk with dave and welcome back to iowa
1: yeah thanks dave i, I always enjoy our conversations
0: I do too. And I know that uh some folks out there in um the great wide yonder are enjoying them too. And I've actually talked to a friend of mine from Georgia who's excited to give Arrowhead a try. And I was like, dude, you know you live in Georgia, right? Yeah. But well, he's you know uh, he is a very accomplished bike packer, so I don't think he'll have any problem as long as he does the clothing right and and um gets the bike right or whatever, but uh Anyway, people are listening, and it's kind of fun.
1: We had a buddy from Arizona who no acclimatization, just doesn't know snow, and uh, he destroyed it. He did great, at arrowhead on his singles feed.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Brian will enjoy hearing that, and uh, maybe those two can be soulmates next year. (laughs) Summer mates. Summer mates. So you're back from Tuscobia um and you have lessons to tell from dyscobia. What a weird year, man. Oh, yeah, uh, no. first of all, though, what is Tuscobia for those who don't know
1: so Tuscobia is a winter ultra uh this was its fourteenth year, and um it 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 has a kind of tandem relationship with uh, the Arrowhead 135. Uh, they're, you know, one's further north, that's Arrowhead, uh, but not by too much. And, but just the visual uh, piece on the map that shows to scobia at Reich Lakes and Park Falls, Wisconsin, the Schwamigan National Forest being lower Get you thinking? Oh, it's just not going to be as cold. And oh yeah, the the sleeping bag requirement is zero, not minus twenty like it is in uh, at Arrowhead. But I can tell you from experience, and uh, I haven't participated in this event year to year, but I have participated uh, five times, and uh, I can tell you that. Uh, I've experienced almost as extreme cold uh, at Tuscobia as I have at Arrowhead. And in fact, a couple of times it was, I believe, colder at Tuscobia than it was at Arrowhead. So oh. it can happen. But this year, that was not the case. The world is, you know, uh, of, of course, the client Simon, science says that we're experiencing climate change and Something like this uh, you know is is part of the the plan as it were, but uh, you can't say that this uh, this one off is is absolutely um, what the future of Tuscobia or arrowhead looked like, but it was warm, so the yeah. start of the race was thirty one degrees which i I've seen a start of arrowhead around that temperature and of uh to and in some ways that's a it's a very confounding temperature was even this year for me because you can go out and uh instantly just turn into a bucket of sweat
0: oh sure Uh, and
1: i did and uh i had a real quickly uh recast my uh layering system and it remained the same for the rest of the race Hmm. but um yeah the thing that was really different was there was no snow on the ground and for the first time i saw a bear trail and i i remember there was a 20 24 inch base the first year that i did it back in 2014 so this just appeared so different um but uh lurking uh amongst the riders and across the area was this heavy uh, mist sometimes drizzle that uh, occurred from about 10 a.m to um, just after sunset and my jacket uh i actually wore uh my nano puff and inside uh, a capilene short sleeve t-shirt and unzipped as as needed. Uh but that that nanopuff uh iced from the uh from the drizzle and the, the mist in the front. Uh and then my bike as well was was had a nice little clear coat on it. So um the trail itself though was was fine. Um
0: well, you're essentially riding a gravel road, right? Yeah, exactly. Those, those snowmobile trails up there are essentially gravel roads in the summer or when it's not snowing. That's right. So you're you're uh, you're on gravel. Did you even ride a fat bike?
1: Oh yeah, I did, and I think most people actually in the 160 did. I think that um, you know I, I had the disposition. I think a lot of people did that. This was a training event. And sometimes people look at Toscobie as that uh, anyway, but, uh, you know, particularly this year, I was just looking at it as though this is, I'm going to go, I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be very, very different. I'm going to get to experience this area in a way that I might not ever again and uh, training ride. So I'm just going to use my regular equipment without my sleeping bag and bivy and, and go so I ran 4.8 inch tires, uh, and I uh, but what I did is geared my bike very differently. I, I went two to one, so in the past I've run um, 30 24 on my single speed, this time I ran 28 14, and so it was a two to one gear to ratio. And hmm. that was uh, it, was just really good for this route as it turned out.
0: Uh, it's pretty flat up there, isn't it? Super flat. Um, Tuscovia is known for being flat and straight.
1: Flat and straight. And I think runners find it uh, monotonous. Uh, mm-hmm. Single speeder, I actually find it challenging because I don't have a hill to go down to recover on. And so I'm constantly pedaling. And uh, But at the same time, I'm not going up Monstrous hills. I think I saw just around thirty or three thousand feet of climb uh for the the whole one hundred and sixty miles.
0: Oh wow that's not very much, is it? No. That's a uh, easy day on ragbri
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was blown away by the weather. Um I saw the Instagram post from Tuscobia the runner start and you you know I've been to I did a I've been to Arrowhead and seen these things, and the runners all have sleds yeah or polks, right, and these guys are pushing like we used to have a baby jogger right when our kids were small, and people were pushing baby joggers with wheels yeah and it, or pulling a burly yeah while they were running with wheels, yeah, and it just looked so strange, and it looked like some just wore backpacks. Yeah, that's right. So it was was super different uh, equipment-wise for the runners. Did you have to do much other than your gearing equipment-wise?
1: No, I, you know, it seems like I never always take to heart all the things, all the lessons that I've learned from previous events. And I get, you know, something catches my attention and I I do it. And then I say, oh. But this one was—I—I I just didn't know the level of of precipitation that might occur, mm-hmm. uh, because a cold rain—and I think I've mentioned this—is way more disastrous than blow zero and dry or blow zero and heavy snow. So I. Um, You know, I I was going to take just my panniers and and stuff things in it as I went, but instead I pared everything down tight and I rode with a frame bag and um, mainly that was it. Really? I stuffed everything in and then uh, the night before I started to vacillate about what kind of jacket and as it turned out I had three different jackets, a light raincoat. My heavier OR raincoat, not heavier but you know, a little bit uh more beastie. And uh my down jacket and I stuffed uh two of the rain jackets, one in each pannier and one in each uh bike pogie and that worked just fine. So
0: in your pogies? Yeah.
1: The pogies oh. are just a wonderful uh storage uh you know, real flexible storage space for uh, any long event, um, I know that you know when the sun goes down, it gets dark, and I make sure that uh, Sunday, yeah, of course it gets dark. When sun gets, dark, <laughs> it does it, goes down, it? Yeah. it gets dark. It gets cold, and um, I recast what I'm going to put in those pogies. So I might need to put a little few toe warmers. I won't be able to see them. Uh, see things as easily, and so I'll stuff things in there that I'll get be able to get through to by feel, and do it quickly. I'll I'll put some food items up there that might have the potential to stay warm a little bit longer. Uh, but here I had two jackets, and uh, kept my food in my two coat pockets, and um, all in all, it worked out just fine.
0: Huh. So you mentioned, hey, Dave, let's do a lessons from Toscobia. Yes. Um You've done so much from the Iditarod a thousand years ago to the Iditarod recently to, you know, many times on the Arrowhead and Trail and uh, Toscobia Trail. And I mean, you've just done so much. Iceland, what could you possibly learn on a fairly warm New Year's weekend in Wisconsin that you didn't already know that's when you sent that I'm like what I'm super curious to hear what Steve McGuire learned on a warm warmish weekend in Wisconsin
1: Um, well these are some of the things one thing for sure is uh, I'm sure others are like this as well I'm tempted to pare down as much as possible any bike bags with the idea that one less bike bag is for sure less weight. Potentially, I don't have to, it'll make me not carry as much. Uh, But even in this warm weather, I wish I would have gone with a setup that had, And this is just me, an open main triangle with my thermoses and uh, my panniers in the back uh, that I could easily stuff things in and out and uh, not have to spend a whole lot of time cramming stuff in and out, as it were. Is
0: that harder in a frame bag than it is? I I call them panniers, but I'm fully American. Yeah. Oh uh panniers i say
1: both depends on who i'm talking. Panier sounds
0: yeah. like uh it should be paired with a good wine
1: right yeah we don't, <laughs> i don't do that either
0: french restaurant so, uh, i'd like some panniers so, paniers so with the, the, uh... the,
1: the panniers um <laughs> i i
0: uh... i don't mean to change your vocab but um are those easier to stuff than trying to cram everything in a frame bag
1: in your opinion yeah i you know i think my frame bag is really useful for well what i what i carry my frame bag are my uh lights my helmet light my headlamps uh spare batteries uh my tools uh, my tube buried at the bottom of the frame bag uh, my bike pump if it's warm like it was this weekend otherwise it's in my jacket and then um my uh my thermos or a thermos is in there. And um, Andy Long, great friend, you've met Andy, makes uh, these frame bags and the zippers are such that I can tug them, close, open them up uh, really easily as I'm riding. But I use that frame bag as the location for easy to access uh, important items. And then... You know the other the other bags the pan, the panniers. I put things that I may never ever touch during the race, but I would need in case of an emergency.
0: Oh, and so uh, buried stuffs yeah. buried in there. You know, I yeah I, and yeah. Toscobia has a required gear list, right?
1: They've pared it down, and this that's one thing that I learned. Okay, so they pared it down. It used to be just like Arrowhead, but uh, they had it bit of a more stringent light requirement in that they had uh, a caliber of red blinkies that, uh, were a little bit higher, the, the standard. And so, hmm. um, but these were the requirements, uh, $30 in case you were forced to buy a blinky from them on the trail because you lost one. Three, Seriously? yeah, three red blinkies. Um, uh, a sash uh, uh, or reflective belt, uh, 20 square inches. Uh, same thing for arrowhead, uh-huh. and in uh, a headlamp, uh, and that's it. Now, I uh, I didn't have I didn't go up with a support person, and if I would have had a mechanical in the middle of the night. I really would have been in a tough spot. Uh, I wouldn't have had anybody to call. And that was especially the case in this event. I, I don't know how many people knew this during the event, but the ice got so bad that they uh, pulled their crew uh, back to the checkpoints and didn't have anybody go out because it was just too oh, dangerous wow. to drive. So even if I would have called and even if they would have said, okay, whatever, we'll come and find you. Or somebody would have, they would say, we'll find somebody to come and find you. Um, that would have taken hours. And I I know that the next time I go, I'm taking my bivy and I'm taking my sleeping bag because you just don't know what's going to happen. And it, it it has all the, the pretense of uh, super fast gravel bike Uh, possibility no snow and boom you could just that can change yeah 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 so for context
0: um arrowhead i mean gosh arrowhead's 135 miles again this is all snowmobile trail mm -hmm. and the winners in at arrowhead might be 14 15 hours you are at least twice that Uh, So you're at least one overnight. Right. Um, But you have 60 hours. So that's two and a half days to complete it. So you theoretically could be out there two overnights. Toscopia is longer but flatter. And, of course, there was no snow this year to begin with. I'm having... I'm struggling with not bringing a sleeping bag like you're it's longer than Arrowhead, and you're not planning to spend sleep
1: yeah i i I should have struggled with that, but I didn't, and um everything worked out fine but i I would definitely take a sleeping bag, but for anybody that's not done one or the other uh or you know either of them uh they're remarkably similar. I find in terms of exertion and uh, time. So the 160 converts for me has converted uh, anywhere between 26 and 28 hours at Toscovia. Arrowhead, except for last year when I really I slept overnight uh, at Mel George's, uh, except for then, uh, I that 135 takes me uh, around 28 hours. Uh, huh. And so, you know, shorter miles at Arrowhead, but the hills. And then this year uh, was my fastest time at Discobia, which reflected uh, less snow. Mm-hmm. And so this year, 22 hours and 53 minutes. I It was actually longer than I thought. And that was because at uh, Butternut, Uh, there was a lot of ice so this year butternut checkpoint or lodge where the checkpoint is for the turnaround at mile uh 80 uh because the the lake wasn't frozen they rerouted everything and we were on blacktop five miles there five miles uh, back to the trail and uh no sooner did i uh come to the blacktop. Then I saw a rider coming from the other direction. He said, be careful. It is icy. And I put my foot down on the chip seal and wow, I could barely stand. It was crazy. And then the ice that was in the gravel on the side of the road on the shoulder was also incredibly slick. So then I started riding on the grass uh, which <laughs> really slowed me down. For then, sure. Then I I got a little bit brave and I uh, would get up on the blacktop and or the chip seal road. There's a difference between blacktop and chip seal. I got
0: blacktop a, is smooth, beautiful road biking on blacktop. Yeah,
1: and you know the blacktop, the mile blacktop in this area, this reroute was fine to ride on. Uh, relatively wasn't as slick as the the chip sealed, uh, road. And, but there, I, I just, what I would do is I ride a little bit in the tracks of a car that had passed and that seemed to be broken up enough, but even the sand that was on the side had a layer of ice over it. So I couldn't count on it for traction. And I saw a few people go down, uh, it's no fun to crash. Uh, on ice you just you, you feel completely out of control and your body's going every which way but i stayed upright and uh but that 10 miles was the longest 10 miles uh because i you know had to walk a lot
0: oh wow so huh now i know that um at the iditarod steve cannon talked a ton about Managing tire pressure, and I saw people letting air out and putting air in their tires. Did you manage the tire pressure on your tires on this?
1: No, I stayed with the same pressure, and I ran high, and maybe that was my uh, nod toward uh, a gravel race. Uh, mm. I, you know, I it was it was comfortable, relatively high. Uh, when I saw what was going on in the blacktop, and saw that even the sand didn't make a difference. Uh, It it wouldn't have mattered how low my pressure was. I couldn't, I could barely stand. So it wasn't going to matter. So I just kept it the same.
0: That's interesting. Well, what, uh, what else did you learn?
1: Um, I always learn over and over again, how to navigate being old. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah, I'm struggling
0: I, with that myself I, I, as you know, I enter my sixtieth year.
1: Yeah, you know, I um, I uh, saw. F- but what I love about these events is uh, you get to know people uh, really, really well. Um, these people. I mean, uh, it, it's so funny. The people that are my age. I will end up with at two o'clock in the morning every year. I won't see them at any other time, but from two o'clock in the morning till the end of the race, we're together.
0: Oh, and, that's interesting. Uh, and
1: you know, we get to know each other really well, and uh, and that's pretty fun. But you know, a couple of the older guys I know weren't doing it this year, but they were volunteering, and uh, that made me pause a little bit. But then you know, I I feel just fine. And, uh, my performance was good. And I, I, you know, I have to think for all you old people that, um, thinking about, uh, how old you are is just one more thought. Don't even worry about it. It's just, I, you know, the good thing is, uh, we know how to, just keep on moving forward, so to speak. I, you know, I kind of like to think of it this way. So, you know, through, over the course of of years, you begin to appreciate that there's theory, there's experience, and there's wisdom. And, uh, you know, theory, you pick up a book and you read and you say, ah, this is the way it's done. This is what I'm going to do. Experience critiques theory. And you say, done this a few times and um uh i'm gonna do it this way and wisdom is uh i'm just not going to think about it like that i know exactly how this is and this is fine and uh i you know i found myself uh really exhausted but uh really just knowing that it's just fine being exhausted uh, there's no no there's no issue with being exhausted and uh what else would i be doing uh you know so i think that for me this year the thing that i learned is something i relearn every time and that is uh, just be at, be at peace with being exhausted it's gonna happen and uh, there's no there's no issue with that
0: that's great advice. I think, regardless of the event, Yeah. you know, uh, whether it's a hundred k or a hundred mile gravel race or a, running a freaking marathon or yeah, you know, I don't know. Sometimes a five k, you get exhausted because you're going hard.
1: You know, I think so, there's a sense in which I feel way better at 65. I think than I would at 24 doing this event. And And why is that? And it really has to do with, uh, I don't have, I'm over having these imaginary uh, or conversations with imaginary friends uh, about whether or not I'm having a good time, whether or not this is meaningful, whether or not I'm slow, whether or not I'm fast. Uh, I just, you know, as you get older, you give up conversations with the imaginary friends that are all your thoughts. Floating through your head, and when you're young, you really believe in the conversation you're having (laughs) with the voices in your head. So uh, when you're old, when I right now, I just feel like uh, I'm I'm good to go.
0: Huh? That sounds to me like I remember talking to Peter without an E, Peter Inman, and John Logar when they finished. Um, the Iditarod in Nome yeah. the year you and I met and they both just talked about acceptance Yeah, like just come to a point where you accept that it is what it is yep. and all you can do is just move forward That's and right. not struggle with it, not fight it, not second guess it just accept and be. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah, that, that really is it. And uh, so the wisdom piece, I think, for getting older comes, you know, it's just a matter of getting to a place where you accept it. Uh, you accept how you feel. I think that there's going to be a time where uh, maybe it's dangerous, but I don't think I'm anywhere near that yet. Uh, so, uh, you know, and this time I felt like I did good. I, uh, 15 finished in front of me and 12 behind. So, you know, at 65, I'm still moving. I'll be all right. And then, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: And, uh, you're going to see the same thing, but what you're really going to like is after Arrowhead, the funny stuff that we talk about through the night, you just, it's never going to leave you. It's the funniest thing. I mean, it's just so fun being with people, uh, you know, in those kinds of conditions. Um, yeah.
0: And being abducted by aliens. Oh,
1: yeah. Judd, you know, he's been abducted.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was in uh, was on in the way to uh, Nikolai.
1: Yep, that's right.
0: Between Roan and Nikolai yep, on uh, that's right. on the way to McGrath. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I remember that story. Did that have to do with the northern lights being so vibrant that year?
1: It just had to do with Judd. But see, okay, so <laughs> have I told Fair enough. Did I tell you tell the story the last time? We were I getting... don't remember. Okay. maybe so, not. All right. So this is it was of really...
0: being abducted by aliens?
1: Yeah. Uh huh.
0: No, you did not.
1: Oh, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Great. You didn't know that the... okay, so um the rule at a lot of these events uh, is first in, first out. So right. if, you, uh, if you've if you been in there a while and somebody walks in... Uh, it's to your a checkpoint you're talking. Yeah, it's, it's your time to leave. And um, at Roan, uh, there's a cabin, but it's not used by any of the... Uh, it's not, not much of a cabin, but it's not used by any of the racers. The racers go into a tent. And there are pine boughs, boughs that are laid out. and then you lay your sleeping bag down and you sleep as much as you can until it's your time to leave. And it was time for Jed and I to leave, and so we departed about two am. and um, there had been some overflow ice uh, for about a mile. And when we were riding our all of a sudden, you'd hear big pop, and our wheel would drop through to another wow. level of ice.
0: You're on a river. You're on right? a river, and so you're on a river, riding in the middle of the night in the middle of Alaska.
1: And so, you know, you just have to trust that the, that it's going to stop, that you're not going to keep breaking through overflows. And so, uh, Jud, we're in the middle, and he goes, "Do you think we should turn around?" And I said, "Honestly, we've got." As far to the other side as we would to turn around and go back, let's just keep on going. And so we'd have this pop, 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 and we were just mentally drained. And so about five miles after that, we decided, let's just sleep. And so uh, we lay down, uh, crawled into my bivy, in my sleeping bag. He did the same. I was only asleep for about an hour, and all of a sudden I heard the screaming, "Help!" Help! Help, Steve! Help me! Help me! And I was like, "Oh my God! What the hell's happening?" And so I scrambled out of my bag and over to his bivy, and I peel it back, and he's laying there, and he's frozen, his face up, looking at me, and he's just ah, 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 and so I didn't know that he had sleep paralysis. But his his sleep paralysis involves being held down by aliens. Oh. And so (laughs) so I had to save him from the aliens. Oh, wow. (laughs) He was pretty freaky. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we we, we only slept a little while that night. And then we headed on to Nikolai, which that next day was a great day. Um, Buffalo, uh, American bison chewing up the trail, though. I did. oh right yeah they were there but
0: i didn't know that i never saw any but i i knew about that
1: maybe that's what so mean. just did
0: do you just wake him up and then he's good or yeah, like yeah. how do you rescue him from aliens i
1: started shaking him just so and that I, brought him back to yeah, reality he was stiff for a while i mean i couldn't like i was yelling at him he was still paralyzed there and then i you know i started shaking him and then he was like oh i'm good dude thanks wow. man yeah. <laughs>
0: thanks that spaceship was just about to take off and you brought me back have you ever experienced that before or after because you've spent a lot of time with Judd
1: no I haven't but I'm ready for it I mean part of me wants to go back to Alaska with him just so I can see that happen again (laughs) (laughs) but you know I mean uh yeah last year we slept in shared a bed and he snored all night long and i didn't think i slept at all because of it but i found i felt great the next day so
0: <laughs> oh that's cool that's again the kind of stuff that you can only experience by doing the experience
1: that's right yeah you know it and you are going to love it i mean you're going to go home you're going to tell d you would not believe it this was the coolest thing I ever did.
0: What do you think the chances are of us investing in a fat bike tandem? I wouldn't do it after I do it, <laughs> oh yeah,
1: you can do that, yeah, that's good. you know we jokingly tell ourselves that we're gonna do it on tandem some year, but uh that for sure is just a foot race, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> it probably would be, wouldn't it. Yeah. A foot race to divorce court.
1: Right. Well, you know, you <laughs> Maybe. guys, guys ride a tandem. They say that uh, if you really want to know if the person is right for you in terms of marriage, go on a tandem tour for a month and you'll know. No, right? We away. haven't never
0: done a month, but we have done some really hard, deep things on a tandem. Yeah, so you figure it I, out. I feel quick. like, um, yeah, I, I feel like we'd, if we found a bike that rolled, I think. She doesn't do cold. I don't know what I'm even talking about here. But I do have a question. This year was at least it sounds like the first half. And I don't know what it was like once you got back on the trail coming home for the second 80 miles. But a question I had is like, I'm going to ask this and then I'm going to explain it. When does fiction imitate reality? And by that I mean Brian in Georgia, your friend in Arizona, me in Des Moines on gravel roads. How much does the training we do, the work we do on something that is not a snowmobile trail in northern Wisconsin or northern Minnesota or Canada or Alaska or wherever imitate what the reality is when you get there like how prepared can you be showing up at an arrowhead having only ridden single track gravel roads double track trails in your quote unquote neighborhood
1: so it it it's It's uh, it's a good question and it's kind of the eternal question when a person begins to explore all the possibilities that are out there uh, in terms of events. You know, there's a sense in which um, every ultra event uh, has uh, two preparation components, uh, regardless of if it's DK or former DK now unbound, or um, Trans Iowa, or uh, or Arrowhead. One component is uh, uh, physical uh, preparation, uh, being physically capable of pulling it off, and then the other one is mental. And you'll hear people say over and over again that ninety uh, percent of an event is mental. I I would say that's absolutely true with this caveat, and that is, um, you have to have the leg leg strength necessary to get you to the finish. Otherwise, the mental piece will just destroy you within within miles. Uh, So, uh, which is to say, If you're riding, uh, just training like you would for any event, uh, you're going to be just fine physically. Uh, What will be different is uh, experience with the cold. And, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, the two pieces of dealing with the cold are, or at least a couple of pieces are uh, preparation, that is the equipment that you have and, and how you organize it for the event. And then um, the other is to know that you're not going to die and that you have everything with you to prevent you from dying. And so relax. It's going to be okay. That's how I kind of look at it. Uh, but I would say to your friend in Georgia, he's going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. You're going to be so strong that you're not going to have any issues with that course.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to that being my reality. (laughs) What I hear you saying is that fiction can imitate reality and prepare you. So I may not have 135 miles of the Arrowhead Trail that I've done 17 times to prepare myself, but I can ride gravel road through the night and, um, you know, deal with the aliens that are trying to abduct me Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere, Iowa on some remote gravel road far away from anywhere with city lights distant. Um, and, And that can mentally prepare me. I talked to Hannah Otto before the end of the year. She's a cycling coach. Um, She's a professional cyclist. And, you know, she does the whole Lifetime Grand Prix thing. And one of the things she said is doing hard stuff prepares you for the other hard stuff. And that's kind of the experience thing that you were talking about, I believe. Like, I mean, I could do this. I've done that other hard thing.
1: That's right. You know, I
0: I rode through the night to Jefferson and back, and that's I made that okay, so I can do this.
1: That's absolutely right. That the the most important thing is to accept that you're doing something that's hard, and that whatever is in your head is really not anything you're creating, and all you got to do is keep moving forward. You don't have to. You don't have to judge what your thoughts are. You don't have to judge how you feel beyond I'm crippled, and I can't get up. Uh, you just have to, you just have to say, this is hard. And then in the back of the mind, I, I know this from experience, just like uh, Hannah said, is that doing hard things translates to doing other hard things. And I think every metaphor that I use to get me through the rest of my life is all grounded in my experience in ultra events. It just is. I, I, I know that, uh, I can get through stuff because I know I can do hard things. And, um, that's just, it will be really hard and, but it's, it's, it's easily doable which is kind of paradoxical.
0: It is paradoxical. And I'm, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make a pun here maybe and say, I I was dying when you're saying, I'm not going to die. It's okay. I'm not going to die. And I'm like, what kind of fun is that? Is that type four fun, type five fun? Like, Type two fun is like, yeah, this isn't any fun right now, but it will be when we get home. I'm not gonna die. Well, so <laughs> That's you get to, gotta be type no, six no, or man. seven fun, not yeah, just type two this fun. This is what
1: you're saying to yourself, and that you got all your digits and everything is good, and then you just start laughing.
0: I mean, <laughs> well, laughing sounds more like type one fun, and I'm all for that. Oh, so, so
1: you're gonna have type one fun because. Judd and Woody will be with us, and we have type one fun the whole event. everything is hilarious
0: uh well i'm in and I'm in for i don't think arrowhead's long enough that uh Judd's going to be going into alien world, but uh gosh if I'm there for that i'm I'm turning the recorder on actually to be to be honest and Consider yourself warned, Judge. Well, you know,
1: the, the first year he completed <laughs> it was, uh, I think of it as the breakthrough year for back-of-the-pack racing. Uh, I had um, Googled single-speed arrowhead in 2013, and I saw this race report from this guy, back-of-the-pack racing, Judd, the president. And I thought, wow. And then his brother, Ted, and so I tried to call him, and uh, I was given his number by uh, James Blakely, Black Sheep Bike, because James, James had built him a bike, and I, I uh, he didn't pick up the phone, and I, now I since know that he doesn't talk on the phone, he texts. So oh. uh, I uh, corresponded with him, and then lo and behold, uh, that year at Gateway Checkpoint, in walks uh, Ted and Judd in their wool checkered outfit, and the conditions were brutal. Just you know, minus thirty-six degrees. It was classic Arrowhead, and um, I got to Mel George's and I quit. I, I I I had in my head. I thought, okay, I sleep at Mel George's, and then I. Um, I get up in the morning, I'll be tired and then I keep on going. And when I got to Mel George's, the the, the checkpoint was just filled with people trying to go to sleep. And I thought I'm not going to sleep. And then I thought if I don't sleep, I don't know how I'll feel if I'll be able to finish. What if I get out there and and I I can't do this. What happens? And um and so I I, I stopped. Uh, Ted stopped. Judd, he had to walk almost the entire way with his bike. But he made oh, it. Oh, wow. But he made it. It took him like 42 hours. Oh, wow. And so once it had been done, all of us gra- gravitated toward, okay, what did he do that made it so that he could do this, even though we were all together? up to that point. And um, it was really disposition. And uh, what I know now is if I got to Mel George's and I hadn't slept, I would try to get out of there as quick as possible so I didn't think about it. And I would just keep on going. Because well, uh, you're going to feel bad for 30 minutes and you're going to feel good for 10 minutes. and You're going to feel bad for 30 minutes. And you're going to feel good. for. It's just... You, you everything is up and down but once you realize it's up and down you feel really good you just aren't freaked out
0: huh. well i'm stoked to uh stoked to experience this and i love that you're sharing all of this stuff i think it's gold i love having I a
1: conversation
0: i think it's i think it's ultra gold i don't think it happens it has to be winter ultra gold right. but I, I definitely think it's it's ultra gold because, you know, all of that is true regardless.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I learned a lot from DK's and the like before I really started doing Arrowhead uh, a lot. Um, you know, the um, you know once you learn that you're not gonna die, that after twelve miles, I mean, okay, so my legs were getting tight at mile seventy, and normally. You know, back in the day, 20 years ago, I would say, "Uh uh-oh, this is not going to be good. What I knew, this is the wisdom piece, (laughs) is that after 12 hours, you feel your body changes. It goes into angel world where it doesn't hurt anymore. Nothing hurts. And so after 12 hours, it's all the same. And um, Hmm. so.
0: Perfect. I love it. Well, listen. We have a ton to talk about over the next year. One of the things I'm super excited to talk to you about is not just your bikes, but bikes in general. You have, of course, you have the design, build, ride program at the University of Iowa, where people design their own bikes and build them and then ride them. We talked about that on your your last um, visit, and uh, gosh, you've really honed in the winter ultra fat bike design and one of the cool things is like i feel like the chainstay needs to be an inch longer and you can just build it yeah, not literally. many of us have that luxury
1: right
0: um but that just means you've been able to really ride and test a thousand different designs and ideas that you've had and i I'm super excited to talk about that, but also talk about um, equipment for, quote unquote, the rest of us. Right. You know, we're not all going to take your class. Right. I'd love to, but we're not all going to take your class. We're not all going to. I know Black Sheep, you and, and um, is it James Yeah, uh, from Black Sheep work closely together. Um, Not everybody's going to own a black sheep. Not everyone's going to take your class. Some people are going to be riding a a Trek. Some people are going to be riding a salsa. Some people riding a specialized fat bike or whatever. And um, how do we make those, set those up so that we have a good chance of success? So I think one of our next episodes should be talking about bikes and, first of all, how you came to your design. And what that design is and why. And then about, um, you know, how can the rest of us make our bikes work to the best of our ability? Whether it's a freaking gravel race, like toscobia was for right. half of it. Now, you got snowed on at the end, didn't you? Yeah. Didn't it turn into a bit of a fat bike race?
1: You know, visually it did. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah, there were tracks and, and which made it feel like a fat bike race. Uh, but, yeah. you know, the last six, seven hours, there was there was good snow coming down and that made it feel really good.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet it was gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Was that through the night or in the day?
1: Through the night. And so, yeah, I finished it. Four fifty three a.m. And don't
0: um, you love nighttime snowfalls?
1: Oh, it's so beautiful. I mean, but, you know, what I had, the snow was coming down. Uh, so hard at one point that I switched off my headlamp and just went with my, uh, generator light, my dyno light, uh, because it looks like you're in hyperspace and it becomes visually disorienting.
0: Right. It's like having high beams on in your car.
1: Yeah. So you just like, yeah, got to turn that off.
0: Yep. For sure. For sure. But I do love a, a nighttime snow. Um, so I think uh, maybe next time we'll talk about um, bikes and e- equipment. I also it's January now, and I need to I need to prep myself for a long gravel ride. Um, I don't I don't know if there's any snow in the forecast for me get to get some snow experience yet, but uh, I at least need to pack up my bike ride out 30 miles, sleep for a couple hours, cook breakfast or whatever, boil water and, uh, and ride home. And I need to start prepping for that. So,
1: so I, I would say I, I am really confident that you are going to do well at Arrowhead and well, meaning you're going to finish the race uh, wanting to do it again. And I, I think that because uh, you ride a lot, you're a strong rider, uh, your disposition is really, really good, which is also to say, you don't need to go out and do, uh, I mean, it'll be helpful. It'll be okay to ride in the snow in the winter, but if you don't, it really isn't going to change your ability to finish. You're going to be just fine.
0: Well, that should give confidence not just to me, but to those who don't live in the northern tiered states with miles and miles of snowmobile trail before them, but who do have, I mean, some even, you know, I don't know, Pennsylvania is all macadam, mm-hmm. chip seal, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, it's not even gravel roads. so, and I know people come from all over the US and all over the world to do arrowhead, so um, that should give confidence to People from wherever they're coming from.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Steve, I appreciate you um, uh, sharing what you learned on Tuscobia this year. And um, uh, I don't know. I, I'd kind of like to make Tuscobia. I love northern Wisconsin. Um, it always falls on kind of family ski vacation week. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Uh, which makes, yeah. it, <laughs> it makes it challenging. And I do love my ski va- That's type one fun. Yeah. or ski vacation and you're but, quite um, the
1: acrobat <laughs>
0: that was i do like going off the of jumps um speaking of turning 60 <laughs> and not accepting that um but uh yeah i i'd love i love northern wisconsin and i think that'd be super fun to, to head up to Discobia sometime so if the family ski vacation changes maybe that can be on uh, on the calendar Know, and they've got an 80-mile and 160-mile option.
1: Yeah, I, I see a number of people uh, using the 80-mile uh, in preparation for Arrowhead as a training ride, mm-hmm. and then also just as experience. So I I think that that's a consideration anybody should make. The other is uh, the event organizers have done an off-the-chart job. I mean, the the checkpoints are phenomenal and they've really dialed it in it's it's a well-run event and uh, that you can have a lot of confidence in
0: yeah well they are they are winter ultra veterans yep uh, that's the scotches right yep yep um, and uh, Mark scotch uh, he's in my arrowhead movie from uh twenty twenty and it's his son and daughter, is that correct?
1: That's his son, Chris, and his daughter in law Helen. And Mark daughter in law. Yeah. Mark is amazing. Mark Mark
0: is amazing. He speaking of disposition.
1: He is a badass. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, I was talking to Mark this year. He, He he is really good. He's a Unbelievable ultra athlete for winter events. Pretty inspiring. Well,
0: he has the uh, doggone it. I can't think of the name. The um, all three Arrowhead doing Arrowhead all three ways: foot, run, bike, and ski. Yeah. What is that called?
1: I I forget too, and I. Uh, you know it's try uh, but i don't want to go down the path end up with some term that is inappropriate so.
0: <laughs> fair <laughs> enough fair enough um it'll come to me just as soon as we sign off for sure but yeah mark has done um all three methods at arrowhead and that alone i mean it's not just a commitment of three arrowheads it might take four it might take five because uh, I know he didn't finish at least one of them, maybe two attempts, so it it took him several tries to um, to earn that triple crown of Arrowhead, whatever that might be called. Could
1: be called the triple crown.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound right. No. Sorry, Ken. I know we've been talking to Arrowhead for the past month, Ken is, and I talked Ken's to Ken amazing. about that.
1: He, he he was really fun. Uh Uh, to talk with, be with at uh, Dyscopia. And um, you know, at the end, Judd says it this way. Judd says, Arrowhead is the best event on the planet. And Arrowhead probably is, Dave, the best event on the planet.
0: Just everything comes together. If anyone should know, it would be Judd. Yeah because he's been off this planet (laughs) and visited alien worlds, so i will take that as absolute truth that's right (laughs) it's awesome well steve um uh i am gonna console you a little bit the uh the iowa bowl game was today we're recording this on january 1st and you are a um director of the art program at the university of iowa so I'm sorry for your big fat goose egg today. It happens. Uh, today. And you know what? Yeah, it does. I'd, I'd hug you, but, you know. Yeah. Next time I see you, I'll give you a hug.
1: Well, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to enter the fan transfer portal. <laughs> You're
0: always welcome over to Iowa State. Right. Ames will always have you. I don't know if that's legal or not, but uh, anyway, uh, pleasure talking to you. And I really to appreciate you. you joining me here on the uh, first day of January.
1: All right. Happy new year, Dave. See ya.
0: Well, I can't thank Steve enough for sharing his knowledge, experience, and wisdom and helping the rest of us, whether you're headed to the Arrowhead next year or any other long, hard ride that you might have on your calendar. Perhaps you're doing a series like the Iowa gravel series or a one day race like the rattlesnake gravel grind or the Leadville 100, or maybe the core four. Speaking of the Core 4, they've got lots of changes this year. Check it out. Who's ready for some Core 4 news? After a huge spike in riders and a super thank you to everyone for coming out this year, these guys jumped right back into the fire. It's no surface untouched again for 2024 because Core 424 has a sweet sound to it no doubt. New routes, new distances, and a new you. That's right, y'all, they are mixing it up with more surprises and delights. New for 24 is the Core 40 distance. Just a bump up from the 20 mile and still has all the farmscapes and B roads and champagne gravel you'd expect from the folks at Core 4, just without the single track. They're telling us 60 is the new 50. Miles, that is. It's a no surfaced, untouched podium eligible route with all the cats in addition to their marquee 100 mile event. It's the perfect blend of competition and community. We want Core 4 to be on your event calendar for 2024. Jump on Bike Reg today. Snag your spot before this event reaches its cap. Come ride the wave and get more bodies on bikes. It's blazing hot action every year and they'll keep the fire stoked all winter long. With the 20, 40, 60, or 100 mile route, Core 424 has something for everyone. It's time for the next time, let's go. Hey, maybe we'll see you there. If you see me there, let me know and I'll give you a sticker as long as I remember to bring them. But I'm happy to give out stickers if you find me at a race. Now, I've got a new sponsor to tell you about, kind of. Uh, It's essentially me. I've started a digital media company. And I don't know, I've come up with a little jingle to share the news. Check it out. Mabel Media, an award-winning film, photography, and podcast company that can help you reach the top. Whether you need a 30-second spot to tell your story on the evening news, photos for next year's catalog, social media clips, or maybe you need your podcast produced and edited, Mabel Media is here for you. With more than a dozen years in media, our resume runs deep. award-winning feature-length film company, podcast production, live video streaming, and stunning photography, our only objective is to provide you the tools you need to reach the summit. Check it out at MabelMedia.net. Well, I hope you dig that, and if you do need any photo, video, or audio help, head on over to MabelMedia.net. Contact me and we'll get right on it. In the meantime, thanks tons for tuning in. I'd love your help in growing this podcast because I've got some super fun episodes coming up and I want the world to know, like world tour writer Ian Boswell or the host of the adventure sports podcast, Mason Gravely. Gravely? Gravely. I don't know. We'll ask him how to say his last name. If you'd be so kind as to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform, it will help the show grow. And if you want to support the show financially, just look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com and drop a few coins in the cup. If you do, I'll send you a sticker. And I do still have some beanies left to keep your head warm. Just shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook at Bike Talk with Dave, and I'll let you know how you can get one. And be sure to check out the Bike Talk with Dave channel on YouTube, where you can watch some of our award-winning films like A Thousand Miles to Nome and Down the Kuskokwim, both just in time for winter fat biking season. In the meantime, stay warm, enjoy your rides, and remember that nothing compares to the simple pleasure of riding a bicycle.